Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brad. And I'm Melanie. So good to be with you today. It is, uh, you know, it's we're marching through this season and you're getting more and more comfortable in your role as co-host. I think so. I think so. I think you okay. definitely got this down. And, you know, I want to make sure that our audience gets to know you like they did Robert. Oh, Oh, dear. Yeah. So I've come up with some questions. Just oh, real no. quick, sort of top of mind things. There's no right or wrong answer, but um, <laughs> I will keep track. All right. So jeans or PJs? Oh, PJs. PJs. Book or Netflix? It depends on the pants. <laughs> ah, okay. Travel or a cozy cabin? Travel. Okay. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas. Oh, How'd you meet your husband? I met him at a bowling alley. Really? I did. Uh, yeah, I just relocated to um, a new place. Um, uh, my mother uh, moved just the two of us to Richardson, Texas. And um, I had uh, spent the immediate week prior to that at church camp and met a whole bunch of people and put their names and addresses in my address book. Remember those? I wonder if our listeners oh, yeah. will know what those are. I still might even have one. Yeah, it's a bound book where you write things down instead of a digital. With real paper. Yeah. yeah. So I had all these things, all these new friends and all this information about them. Um, and back then where I lived in Dallas were long distance to call. And so I was a little, I was kind of grieving leaving camp. And I get in the car with my mom and she's like, we're moving to Richardson. And I said, well, where's that? Is it close to Carrollton? Because that's where... I had met all these great people and she said, yeah, I'd like 10 minutes. And so the Lord had actually given me a church home, which was amazing. And I went on a church outing about a week and a half after living there. And um, it was like a, a Sunday evening thing. And he walked in with another girl. But that's how I met him. I knew immediately when I saw him that he was someone very special. Wow. So uh, we'll probably get back to this later in the season find out more about how you met your husband and how you guys went through the whole yeah. romantic thing. Yeah. Uh, today, I, I mean, we've been doing a series of uh, interviews with different books, different ministries that have focused on women, uh, moms, motherhood, uh, issues dealing with sort of that part of the family. Today, I'm excited to actually bring some masculinity to the story. Really you know. good. Um, I, I get to actually sort of talk with another man about manly <laughs> things, which, you know, is important. And, and I'll be taking notes. You, you get to take notes and sort of, you know, ask the questions today. <laughs> but uh, I am excited to have uh, some testosterone in the studio. Uh, Rod Hairston, pastor, uh, NFL chaplain, and author of Cover Her and Cover Him, which is his latest book. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Hey, gang. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you all for having me. It is awesome to have you. Uh, and right away, I want to say that I think Baltimore has it for sure this year. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think the mojo is back in Baltimore. <laughs> I do, too. I, my fantasy league, I I did not get Lamar, but I <clears throat> will next year for whatever. However, I got a trade. I'm going for him. 
That guy definitely deserves the MVP of the of the the league. Now, the reason we're talking sports, the reason we're talking NFL sports, and the reason we're talking Baltimore sports is because this guy was the chaplain. What fifteen years? Is that right? So cool. Uh, fourteen seasons. Yep, fourteen Four- years. Wow. So tell us just a little bit about your journey uh, to this point, and and then we'll ask you about your book. Yeah. So I. Let's see. So I got involved in sports ministry um, uh, in college. And then uh, my degree was in finance. I went to Virginia Tech. I went into uh, banking, felt God calling me to ministry. Uh, The long story made short is I chose sports ministry, even um, though I didn't play college ball and uh, ended up uh, starting a ministry at Howard University, went out to UCLA, and um, my wife and I um, and our four kids, well, it was one who went out to UCLA. We had three more in LA. Um, and then, yeah, so ministered there and then ended up becoming the chaplain of the Ravens in 99 and uh, was blessed to be there with them uh, 14 seasons, won two Super Bowl rings. And it was, yeah, it's just a great run. It was a great opportunity, a great ministry. And um, I count it as one of my uh, great privileges and um, funnest times of life in, in ministry. I can only imagine that um, that must have been a really rich and rewarding time for you. Not that this isn't currently, but just that behind the scenes access and the relationships you got to see. I think if you weren't already an expert in men's or, 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 or sports ministry, 14 years of an NFL team would definitely get you the PhD, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I tell people that those were my, um, uh, my years of graduate studies in, uh, in life and ministry. So yeah, 14, 14 years of working with men, their families, uh, encouraging them and their marriages it was, uh, it, was, it was just, you know, it's one of those God time things. It was the perfect thing for the for that season of my life. And I wouldn't trade it for anything at all. Wow. Well, one of the things we're focused on in this season of our podcast is sort of the intergenerational influence of grandparents um, and how vital that is in today's modern family. And I know I couldn't help but notice in your biography as I was reading through it uh, last week that you credit your grandfather as your greatest influence. Tell us about your grandfather. Yeah, my grandfather was he was quite a character, um, but he was he was the man that I loved. I mean, he was the only man I knew as a father. My uh, my dad uh, wasn't around growing up, but my grandfather was at least for the, you know, the eight short years that I had him. And he just made such an impression. He was a man's man. Uh, he was straight, no chaser, um, but he loved his, uh, his grand boys. And um, yeah, man, I got, I got fond memories of his place in my life. I, I would, I would go and spend the night with him, um, you know, night after night when I could just, just to be around him. And um, yeah, I, I'm a coffee drinker to this day because I learned him. I learned to drink coffee from my grandfather before, <laughs> before I was nine years old. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, I can feel the warmth in your voice as you're sharing that um, story that he left a mark. Um, 
That's that's remarkable. As you grew up, then did you look find yourself looking back at his example? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, my my grandfather taught me literally, um, but I think figuratively. He he he's the one who put the fight in me for life. You know, life is life is challenging, and um, you know, I grew up in a. <laughs> You know, a little bit of a tough neighborhood. I wouldn't say it was the toughest, but, you know, you have to stand for yourself and you have to fight. And um, or you would just get punked. And my grandfather, he just wasn't having it. And so he would like, no, you got to go and deal with it. So go on back out there. And that put something in me as a man that uh, I think it builds resilience and strength um, when times get tough. Right. So you got something to call up from uh from the things that I, I learned from him so yeah i'm really thankful for those those i mean it's a short season of life to have had him but i'm really thankful for him. that's cool i had a similar uh fondness for my grandfather he he was from indiana he was an old farmer he didn't say a lot but uh you know he did things that uh-huh. stick with you you know you look back on it, you know you know the example that was set really made a mark. And um, it it is a real profound honor to walk in those footsteps, isn't it? To walk in your... It, it is, man. It really is. And, you know, when you're growing up and you don't have a dad, you're looking somewhere for somebody to be that. And he really did fill those shoes for me in those uh, first eight years of my life. That's that's cool. I, You know, as I'm I'm reading about you and the ministry you've been a part of, and, and now you're a pastor. You've written a couple of books, and your latest book is Cover Him. And the subtitle is Caring for the Hidden Needs, Thoughts, and Feelings of the Man You Love. And Melanie is breathlessly waiting for this <laughs> reveal. What What is it about uh, this book that that you felt compelled to write it? Well, you know, when I I wrote the book, uh, it was largely because women were saying to me, Pastor, Cover Her is great. In fact, Cover Her was written for guys, but their wives and girlfriends were reading the book um, at probably an equal pace to them. And so they would say to me, when are you going to write something for us? Because our husbands don't talk. Our boyfriends don't talk. We don't know what they're thinking. They won't tell us what they need. And so they were really the impetus for me writing Cover Him. And I really, I thought, as I listened to them, as I thought about the book, you know, it's time to sort of balance out the conversation, if you will. Right. Men have been challenged to cover her, to create a safe place for the ladies in their lives, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. But it's important for the sake of a healthy relationship for women to understand that men have some unique needs as well. And God has put us in relationship so that we can complement one another so that we can become everything he created us to be. I really love that. I think that that's fantastic. I, there are so many things that we as women sometimes aren't even going to ask. So the fact that you had people coming up to you and saying, Hey, I need you to write this other book. I think that speaks um, 
mounds to what the need really is. I mean, those are those are things that I've asked. And even sometimes when we ask our husbands directly, what <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't get the answer. You know, really? yeah. Seriously. Huh. So uh, this this I think this is fantastic. You know, we um, I was I was reading also in your bio about how you were a little hesitant to write this book. Can you tell us why? Yeah, I was, you know, it's hard to write a book called Cover Him when Me Too is at the, you know, at the center of the conversation of the nation. And that's when, uh, when I was working on Cover Him, it was so obvious that, you know, the abuses that uh, have taken place at the hands of men, right? Sexual violence, um, you know, I mean, all the ugly things. So to write a book, cover him at a time like that, just didn't seem like good timing. I didn't want it to, I didn't want the message to be misconstrued that somehow uh, we were letting men off the hook for our failures and our responsibilities. I was simply trying to balance a conversation because not all men uh, have had those failures for one. That's right. But I think it's also true that all men have unique needs. All men want to be understood and to be, um, yeah, I think to be understood and to be cared for in a way that makes sense to us as as men. Absolutely. And I, as I'm listening to you talk and um, kind of looking at some of the notes from your book, um, you you're offering pretty practical insights here. This this isn't. Um, dress better, act differently, you know, show affection. You're actually getting to the real roots of a relationship. One of the things you talk about is affirmation and how important that is for men. Talk, expand on that a little bit. Tell, tell wives who are listening why their husbands need to be affirmed. Yeah, I think, I think men need to be affirmed because for a number of reasons, one, one, one being a man is a lot, it's hard work. If you take it, if you take, the call to be a man uh, seriously, and if you take your responsibilities seriously, it's a it's a tough load of leadership. And you know, men are facing challenges day in and day out, right? Going to work, um, dealing with layoffs, dealing with you know insecurities. Did I do enough? You know, why aren't I um, advancing? Uh, and so, just a word that says, "Hey, you're doing a great job." Right. Thank you for going to work every day. Um, you know, thank you for the way that you um, you you look out for me. You protect me. Right. Simple things that uh, can easily go unnoticed or or just assumed. When a woman uh, speaks words of affirmation to a man, it literally gives more wind underneath his wings, so that he can continue to do the things that I believe are part of his assignment in life. I I could not agree with you more. Um, unfortunately, I am a bit of a talker, and um, <laughs> for my for my husband, it's that's not always a great thing. Sometimes it's a really good thing because he's not super talkative. But I have found that I need to be very very intentional about um, when I'm talking so much that I also need to talk about him to him. So don't take up all the space in the conversation. I know, it's yeah. it's hard, but no, I mean it's it's a it's a challenge for women. Probably the very women who are wanting this book, who are reading this book, are people just like me who um, have a have a you know a real knack for conversation. But maybe uh, hearing you say these things, you know, talking 
about him to him is a really good thing. Yeah. And it sounds like you're on the, you, you know, you're on the right track. Um, I think just making a list of some of the things that you see him doing well or things that would encourage him and just say those things Not you don't have to be verbose, just, Hey, you're doing a great job. Thank you for doing that. And it'll go a long ways. Awesome. Yeah. I, as a, I've been married 28 years, have uh, three grown children and two grandkids. Um, I, I never feel like I've got this thing, you know, like I, I don't feel like there's a moment where I like, oh man, I'm a, I got this being a dad. I got this being a husband. There's always doubts. There's always questions in the back of my mind. Like, you know, did I just mess that up? And so to hear my wife, and she, my wife will just write notes sometimes, like leave them in places uh, that I'll find them. Um, just for her to believe in me. Wow. I mean, I, I feel like I can go through anything if I've got her behind me and I'm not alone. And I think that really is a significant sort of secret, if you will, air quotes, of how uh, men really can be ministered to by their wives. What do you, do you Man, think? I think yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you said something very powerful, right? You could you could run through a wall after she speaks those words to you, <laughs> right? I mean, it just it just lifts you and it gives you. Sometimes I know for men, you know, they say, "Man, I, I just need her to say that I'm doing okay, that I'm doing something right," and then they feel like they can just they can go on for the next week, two weeks, a month, um, living off of those words of of affirmation. And I, I think to be to be uh, balanced here, it's not just that men need affirmation; women need it too. Um, but I think it it's so uh, there's so many men that I have encountered and worked with. Uh, that's a huge missing piece for them. Uh, they just they just are not getting a lot of affirmation from the women uh, who mean the most to them. Yeah, I, one of the things that I've noticed, a pastor, I don't. I'm a pastor as well in New England, so I, I, I've seen some things as well. And what, one of the, the challenges is that many men, most in fact, didn't have a healthy relationship with their own dad or their dad was absent. And that crosses all social economic boundaries. That, that there's mm -hmm. no, nobody gets out of jail free on this. That this is a real challenge. So they're never completely confident that they even know what they're doing. So when you step into being a dad, you step into being a husband, you're winging it. And then when you're in the church, if you're a Christian, you're just trying to keep up with what the other Christian guys do. And you're watching your pastor like a hawk, like what's he do? And you hear stories at the men's group, you know, but at the end of the day, just knowing that someone uh, feels like we're contributing to the family when it's predominantly yeah. a woman's job to lead the family in the church, that role coming back to the man is a big deal. That's why I'm lingering on this point. Um, Pastor, talk to us about that, contributing as men and leading the home. No, I think you said it. You said it really well. First of all, man, my hat's off to you. 28 years. Um, we celebrate that with you, man. My wife just celebrated 28 years in May. Nice. And so we're right. Yeah, we're right in the same um same neighborhood. And yeah, so men, I mean, it's just men need it. And it does, um, it does matter when a man hasn't had his father around to be that mirror, that looking glass 
so that he can see, oh, that's how it's supposed to go. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I think you're right, you know, with the increase of um, of men leaving their families, the increase in divorce in our nation over the last 30 years or so, it's had a a huge impact on the psyche of uh, boys who turn into men, but who haven't had a solid role model around them. Um, And so, yeah, there are a lot of men who are just looking like, what am I supposed to do? And I think dudes get tired, right? They get tired and they give up easily because um, because they haven't had someone show them uh, what it what what they're supposed to do. You know, I shared with my wife recently. Um, we were we were getting ready to go somewhere, and I was in the bathroom shaving, and I said, "You know, honey, you know it's weird. I'm 53 now, and this is the first year that I've ever used a razor on my face." She goes. I think I knew that, but why now? I said, well, I never I never really saw a guy shave except for your grandfather when he lived with us many years ago. And I just thought I'd give it a try again. Now I love it. I used to use, a, you know, like a clipper on my beard. And, um, you know, but I went back to his model. I remember watching him stand in the mirror and shave. And so I shaved just like him. <laughs> it is... Uh... It is the little things, isn't it, that make those big differences uh, for men. I I want to uh, just open it up to Melanie here. You're representing all the wives in our audience, speaking to this wise man uh, about cover him. What what last question would you throw at him? You know, uh, specifically about the books, um, I noticed something that uh, is included in something I read about you where... Um, it talks about the the postures men have toward women and that rather than to consume women, we were made to cover them. And I wonder what the flip side of that for me, for for the women who are listening today would be. I mean, what posture uh, caused you, you know, of, of the women toward their men caused you to write this book? And what would the flip side of that be for us? Yeah, you know, I think. I think the flip side is don't ignore his emotional needs, right? Don't, don't ignore his inner needs. Sometimes because we don't articulate them or because we don't, um, you know, we just, sometimes we don't know how to communicate our inner needs, like how we feel, what we're thinking, right? Sometimes we're slow to get those things out. I would say to, to women, don't overlook that. And that's why this, what I call man manual is really written uh, to give simple, simple, to give simplicity and clarity to how to address some of those things in a man's life. Because, you know, a man could consume a woman, but a woman could ignore um, the needs that a man has emotionally. Um, And so I would say, don't, don't let those things just slide by, but look for ways to build your connection with him as you try to understand his inner world. And um, yeah, you can, you can strengthen that relationship that way. That's good. That's yeah, really good. It is good. I, you know, we're, we're about out of time pastor, but I, one of the things that you brought up just now, when you answered Melanie's question, and I know we don't have time to get into it, but I'm going to, just tease it for the audience to go get your book. Um, you talk about the importance of putting the marriage relationship over the kids that you're, yes. you're investing in husband and wife first, 
children second. And I think that really undermines a lot of relationships for men, especially in that area you just mentioned, emotional needs. Um, that there is a real risk that a mom can get so focused on raising their kids and keeping up with all the kids' needs that the husband gets sort of pushed out into the pasture. Yeah. I mean, he's just not on top of mind. And mm. uh, I would encourage ladies that are listening, and I think the pastor here would agree with me that you need to keep that cart behind the horse. Like you can get that out of balance pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, you know, the biblical model, you know, God says, husbands, love your wives, wives, see to it that you respect your husbands. Um, he did, he, he brought children into the conversation much later. <laughs> and I think that's, that's what suggests the order. What we've seen, and I've seen, you know, I've talked to people in this line of work for a long time. When uh, mom and dad, husband and wife put their relationship first, the kids are actually more secure. And when a mom puts any, you know, puts something before her husband, like even the kids, that relationship can begin to deteriorate rather quickly. Yeah. And the same is true if a dad does that. If he puts the kids before mom, uh, that relationship between him and his wife, between mom and dad can deteriorate pretty, pretty fast. Wow. Well, we've been talking with uh, pastor and author Rod Hairston. He's the author of Cover Him, Caring for the Hidden Needs, Thoughts and Feelings of the Man You Love. Pastor, where can people get your book? People can get both books uh, on Amazon, Amazon.com. And yeah, so yeah, they're, they're, they're available easily. Just go there and grab them. Or you can go to my website, RodHarriston.com. And um, yeah, so they're, they're easy to grab. And I hope, uh, hope you will. Well, it has been an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you for being a part of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Well, you guys are doing you're, you're doing brilliant and brave work. So thank you for uh, for what you're doing. And thanks for having me on your show. I'm really honored to be on with you. Thank you. Oh, man. It's a pleasure. God bless you. And uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good. God bless you. Bye-bye. I love that guy. That was so great. Oh, my gosh. Good to have testosterone back in the room. <laughs> There's enough in here. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just saying in the topics so far this season, we've had a lot of lady experts um, on parenting and motherhood. This get, is great. Yeah. To get a guy with a guy's perspective. Uh, I loved it. It was good for me. I really enjoyed um, hearing this. And I actually am going to go get this book. I've already tapped it into my phone to purchase. It's in my cart on okay. Amazon. Well, uh, you know, we were talking with Rod Harrison. He's a pastor. He's sort of a man's man. Um, he, you know, if you if you look at his stuff on our website, we're going to have links to his books. We're going to have links to his ministry site. Um, you're going to see sort of a guy who's very articulate, very put together. Um, he has an exterior that looks very confident. But yeah, he's writing a book for wives to understand how to help their husbands. Yeah, That's a pretty sensitive, vulnerable thing to do. It is. It yeah. absolutely is. But yeah. I feel like he's the authority on this. I want to grab the other the other side of the book too. They cover her. I think that'll be a great one to have on hand. I do too. Uh, one of the things that, that we just briefly talked about was his grandfather. And I, I mean, I felt like I could fall in that hole a little bit. Like mm. we could have talked a long time about that. You could tell he really loved him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I And you can tell that uh, he, in those eight years that he had with his grandfather, uh, really 
still refers to that as a the father he never had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after his grandfather passed away, he, he decided that was the time he was going to give his life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that leans into probably he wanted to be like his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the things we've been talking about this year, um, this season is this uh, vital link between generations in the parenting story and how families really do need the integration of their their grandparents with the grandchildren and how God designed that. And that's a part of the whole dynamic of raising godly children uh, in a culture that's hostile. So if you find yourself in a position where you're wondering what your husband's thinking and how you can serve him and encourage him better, I would not hesitate to recommend uh, Cover Him and check out uh, those links on our website today. And Melanie, tell us, how can people find us online? Well, they can always find us at brilliantlybraveparenting.com. And they're listening right now to us. So they're on a podcast app of some kind. And if they will, just go ahead while you're listening and click those stars and give us a great review. Five. We'd really love that. Five. 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 All five stars. Five stars. I mean, I hope it's better than two or three. Surely, yes, five stars. And leave a comment, too, because when you leave a comment, that pushes us up a little higher in the returns when people search for us. And from time to time, we troll through those responses and we pick people to send prizes to. So we get swag. We get uh, extra copies of books from our guests and we get uh, T-shirts and hats and fun stuff. So it never hurts to to make a comment because you just might be picked uh, for a special prize. That's right. Engaging with us shows us that you're interested in us. So engage with us on Instagram as well. We have a great story going there and we post all the time. And she loves Instagram. I do. Thanks, everybody. God bless. We'll be right here next week. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.